presents Vampire the Masquerade Hellfire Nights Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Bardic College presents Hellfire Nights. I'm your storyteller, Raz, and I'm joined here by the entire team. I'm going to take a moment, we try to do this every couple episodes or so, and just get some of the feelings from the player's perspective on where their characters' heads are at right now. And with things turning around so quickly and the politics rising so close to the surface, London is in a precarious situation, and the players themselves are going to have a big, big impact on the outcome of the next several nights and what it means to the future of the city. So I just wanted to go around the table real quick, introduce them, because they're very, very talented people, and let you just hear a little bit of the thoughts about where their characters are at at this point. So we'll start with, uh, let's start with Dr. Jackal. Uh, good, good evening, Mike. Uh, Mike plays Dr. Jackal. How are you today? I'm doing all right, Raz. I, I got some Tums uh, since the last episode, so my stomach settled down a little bit. Okay, so it's calcium fortified. And did you get the fruity flavor? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Good. Nice. <laughs> nice. So uh, a little bit stressed there for Dr. Jackal. I promise you, Dr. Jackal and Ashenbrenner, if it goes according to my plan this evening, are going to need more than Tums. You're going to be a Pepsi user absolutely 100% by the end of the night. So that's something to look forward to. <sighs> oh, boy. <laughs> it's you, though. That's a bummer. <laughs> Uh, so we also have Kayla playing Rosamond Henshaw. Um, Kayla, good evening. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, how are you? <laughs> Nobody asks you that. That's okay. Nobody cares. The <laughs> hey, I care. <laughs> no, 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 no. People hear me my voice enough. They want to hear more about you and your voice. So uh, Rosamond has had quite a few things happen over the course of the last several evenings, including supplying the chantry with a new gargoyle uh inadvertently not realizing she was doing that but it did end up happening because rex you know tried to give somebody a warning and spilled the beans so to say how is rosamond handling all this and is she come to grips with the darker visions and style of the tremere that she's recently seen i was hoping we would not bring up that sour subject thank you very much now all the players and the viewers will be reminded of my shame but um she's kind of lost a little bit of Tremere pride a bit she gets why they do it that may not be a completely 100% okay with it but it's, it is what it is and honestly Rennie's kind of insignificant now I'm so sorry <laughs> to say that but yeah she, well, she'll she's dealing as best she can and so is remy uh through the screams and the bloodletting so oh over to simona delatore <laughs> over to simona delatore simona um there are those who have spoken to me and asked what i have against you um <laughs> i've i've tried to clear up the fact that it's nothing personal that uh, I've known you for years, and I just it just sort of happened this way. They're not believing me. So how is how are you, and how is Simona doing? Um, Melinda's great. Uh, Simona, not so much. She feels she's very conflicted. She has she feels like no matter what she does or what decisions she makes, someone is going to get hurt, and she just kind of is trying to figure out 
who that's going to be. So a lot of big decisions, a lot of different plays that she could make this happen. So we'll see what happens. I'm nervous. Well, the there's definitely going to be conflict more than just words. It's it's just boiling way so way too fast. Normally vampires take a long time to put their plots in motion, but once they begin, they things can unravel quickly. And I think Simone is feeling that for the first time in her own life. Oh, yeah. Um so, so let's talk about someone who's also unravels occasionally, and that's Asher Brenner. Uh good evening, Paul. How are you? I am a well-knit sweater. I do not know what you are referring to. Neither do I. Yes. The, the situation when the vote came in to slap Tevi now or slap Tevi later, were you a little disappointed that it looked like it came in slap Tevi a little later? Honestly, as long as he gets slapped, I'm 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 fine with that. And yeah, the thing is, it's inevitability. It's an inevitability. So I'm I'm fine waiting a little bit. Again, for a vampire, you know, a year is is the blink of an eye. So that sort of thing is something that it's like, you know what? He'll get his. It was a little more playful. It's like, who wants to go kill him right now? If everybody had been like, hey, let's go kill him now, I'd be like, cool, let's go do that instead. Right. It was like like gathering the villagers with the, with the pitchforks and and you know uh, torches. Yeah, but but less. You know, let's go get this monster. More like. Tuesday or Friday. It's one of those things. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I just miss when my days centered around um, priest baiting. So this is definitely, you know, I feel again, harried and put upon, I feel like is where my, my odometer has been kind of from the start of this. Well, this chapter was meant to cause that kind of, and it builds camaraderie in the team, hopefully. Although we're going to find out about that because we have also with us Evelyn Wolf, and Evelyn yeah. is a little bit different uh, from the rest of the team, being the one non-true Camarilla vampire in the group. Um, Lauren plays Evelyn, so how is Lauren and how is Evelyn tonight? Well, Keeper, I'm excited to uh, get back to Evelyn and super excited for the narrative. We just may meet my sire this evening. There's some important business to discuss, plans to hash out, people to string up. It'll be a good day. Yeah, absolutely. So that that's great. We will definitely be meeting your sire tonight. I can't see how that wouldn't happen. Awesome. Uh, um, unless, you know, the boat sank. So moving on to... You're last right. <laughs> no! <laughs> Come on! Jesus I mean, fucking Christ. <laughs> the sea is a harsh mistress. I'm just saying. Those were my words from like two episodes ago. No! And, and how they keep coming back to haunt you. In Cthulhu and Cairo, you made a comment about a book club. Did you? Do you want to retract that after Venice? I think you should. So we'll just leave that there. Shameless plug, everybody. Go check out Shame. Cthulhu and Cairo. <laughs> so the t- the team was gathered at Evelyn's. A lot of information was shared. With this has been this has happened several times over the course of the campaign so far, where the the, the individuals or groups that have that work together for a few hours each night have got had to get together and kind of regurgitate the facts for each other. Sometimes the group has left things out. Uh, players have left things out from each other, some to spare feelings, some because it was clan business, and other times it may affect them personally and they just didn't feel like giving that up. It's been interesting uh, as a storyteller to run such in- characters that are using and not metagaming, using the roleplay properly. Uh, I'm very proud of them, and tonight's going to be no different. So let's get right into it. You're all still at Evelyn's. 
she has made an announcement that she unfortunately will not be able to meet with everyone as normal uh, tomorrow evening. She will be indisposed because she has uh, an important guest arriving from out of town. This is all normal to you because you've, you know, the announcement of the party, there will be people coming and going quite a bit. Uh, so I'm not sure anybody feels overly concerned by it, but um, it's now probably, I, I think we left off. It was 1130 uh, by the time all the information had been shared, everyone had arrived and we can pick up from there. So we do have some people that have sent out feelers and things. Dr. Jackal, you're one of them. But I think we wanted to start with Evelyn and Rosman. So Evelyn, you wanted to approach Rosman about some things and hash that out before we kind of get into the meat and potatoes of the other stuff, correct? Correct. That was my goal of the evening because in the hustle and bustle of Bartholomew going missing, going to the den, meeting Tevi, Simona's house fire incident, we've we've been neglect to getting those um, manifests and lists that the prince requested uh, Rosamond uh, retrieve from me. So we're going to focus yeah, on that do. this evening, and I'm going to get her the paper, and we're going to have a nice little girl chat. Okay, well, let's start with that, then. Um, ha- have the rest of the guests um, left for the night? Like, is everybody, like, parting ways? Because Rosamond and I are going to be in business for several hours, so my friends, if, we, if, you'd, um, if you'd like, we could all meet again uh, in two days' time. Obviously, Simona will be uh, sleeping here, but gentlemen, if you'd care to go and pursue some sort of bodily debauchery together apart, I don't know. Yes, um, well, when you phrase it like that, that does sound like an amazingly amenable time. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try and lock eyes with the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Slow violin, start playing. Maybe attend the Hellfire Club before <laughs> the party Christ. actually begins. I don't know. Is that a thing we can do? <laughs> uh, it would take a full night to get there, and then uh, you'd have to stay. You'd arrive early in the morning. Uh, it's way on the outskirts of London. I mean, it's in the country. So it's several hours by coach. Just wondering. That was a thought. As I said, yeah. Mm. Okay, so the doctor and Dr. Jackal and Ashen Brenner take Evelyn's less than subtle hint of party's over, last calls, hit the road. And <laughs> with, with all of Evelyn's grace and etiquette, she does her business, you know, a meeting's adjourned. We'll, we'll talk in two days. And uh, gentlemen, do you make your way out the front door? You gather your things? Is that the general idea here? Or did you, is there anything else you wanted to say to your friends before you departed? Uh, I, th- I think um, in the last episode, Horatio conveyed everything that he felt needed to be conveyed. So... Yes, Ashenbrenner, let us go and find some evening's entertainment. I know of uh, a few different locations where one might go to while away the evenings, if they, as they say. I pump his hand hugely. Very excited, Doctor. Very, very excited. I feel like this evening has been a long time coming. And I guess we'll make our way out. Okay, gentlemen, uh, Dr. Jackal, what was your intention? Just to go to a different district of the city, closer to university? Um, were you just going to grab a cab? What was your general thoughts on where you were going to bring your uh, newly found or newly discovered friend, Ashenbrenner? Well, uh, the good doctor has been doing a little bit of research into <laughs> the uh, Whitechapel district and has come to understand that there is a large 
concentration of the ladies of the evening, uh, which he feels their blood may tell a more varied story than the blood of his very vanilla students. So getting some fresh supplies for his uh, side research was kind of on his mind. All right. So the two of you, Whitechapel is still a bit of a ways, so you can hail a cab. That wouldn't be an issue. And uh, make your way to Whitechapel by coach. Uh, we'll leave you in there for a moment. Evelyn, uh, you're with Rosamond and Simona is there as well. What were you looking to do? I was going to politely excuse myself with um, Rosamond. We were going to um, go into my main floor office to conduct this business. But as we're leaving, um, Simona, my darling, um, tomorrow I thought it might be best if you went dress shopping. Um, I've made all the arrangements. Um, one of my ghouls has informed the shops of our evening needs. Um, you'll have the carriage. I have accounts at all the places you're going to. My clothes are beautiful, but they do not suit you. So tomorrow, dress shopping? Yes? It's one of my favorite pastimes, Eva. I would love to go dress shopping, but I... I will look at where you're sending me. I'm sure I have my own accounts there as well, but you're so generous. Thank you. You've been nothing but kind. Um, I know that you and Miss Henshaw have business to attend to. I will be upstairs drawing a bath, reading, you know, my favorite ways to pass time. And then she just excuses herself and goes upstairs. Lovely. The minute that the, the boys, the minute that Simona's gone... Evelyn turns to Rosamond and goes, Now, to business, then? Yes, please. I'm afraid I've been neglectful in this area recently. You've been, you've been neglectful and I've been avoidant, but let's not continue that pattern if you'll follow me. I direct her to my... to the main floor office. This is where I receive guests. I conduct business. I also have the private study upstairs, but I'm not bringing Rosamond up there. During this time, because, like, Rosamond's personality has shifted, she's a little bit more inquisitive about certain things of, like, if you have, like, your portraits hanging up in certain areas or any weird oddities things, like, lying around. She's like, ooh, where did you get this? Like, how did you afford these things? Like, who who provided for you? Because in my day, we women couldn't even walk outside of the home without a chaperone. Who provided for me? Well, myself. Fascinating. Um, Truly. In... I'm sure you've heard of my business and what I do. In in life, we, my family, also held this business. My human family. Uh, my father was one of the executives of Harland and Wolf Industries. A German immigrant... Started working in the shipyards, worked his way up, you know, real blue collar, turned, you know, industrial tycoon, people have written him as. And my younger brother was supposed to secede him. That did not happen. And here we are today, 90 years later. Uh, please have a seat. Directs her to sit down. She takes a seat behind the desk. Just for the, the listeners, the... Evelyn's chair is going to be super high-backed, almost like a throne. And Rosamond is in a much more simple chair, almost a club chair. 
So it's not as easy to get up in and out of. It's made for sitting for long periods of time. It's still comfy, but Evelyn's is going to be much grander. Just for the visual. Evelyn opens the drawer and pulls out um, a file, portfolio, of several lists. And she starts laying them out on the table. Right. Um, guests mainly coming in from Europe. And I've de I figured the way that I've laid this out... Keeper, what month is it? Um, we are in April. So these are all the ships coming in for the month of April that have come in or will be until the 30th of this month. Slides the paper across the table. On it, you'll find the name of the ship, the location it's sailing from, the date it's arriving, and the passenger. Interesting. You keep it so organized. These are the copies I've made for you. It's much more organized in our systems. We have maps, charts. You will not be privy to those. The prince asked me to provide you lists, and that is what I will give you. Oh, nothing further required. I'm, uh, I'm just wondering, how do you keep track of all those charts? Because, let me tell you, the library at the Chantry can get very messy, because we have a lot of scatterbrained mag magus in our systems. So really, she's like holding them up to like a candlelight trying to she wouldn't like make this so obvious but she's like trying to see any names or like basically looking for anything out of place that might suggest oh i don't know that it might not be totally complete or something and also talking over her no she's not saying this out loud she's just she's not saying that out loud that's just what she's doing of like okay this is a copy so really it's like I don't know what could I don't know if this is actually true or if it, it could be altered in some way or if there's an obvious mistake. So that kind of thing. Well, Rosman, go ahead and watch give me a roll with perception and academics. Okay. I have a feeling this is one of those roles where um it if I succeed it I will get some sort of it's all right information, but who knows. Uh Perception, you said, and what was the other one? Academics. I have seven, so one, one, two. All right. I have a critical success and a critical fail, and then three regular, and then three regular successes. So the ledger itself, it, there would be no way to tell if anything's been been omitted. Um, what it does look, though, it looks like it's been written over the course of many days, um, even with several different pens, different handwritings are in the journal itself, uh, as if some people have included other information. All in all, most of the script appears to be in one hand, but there are notations and other things, just little notes or a date change if something was delayed or, or advanced forward. Uh, nothing that you can see appears to be out of the ordinary. Uh, as far as you know, She's handing you exactly what she's telling you she's handing you. Cool. So she would take that and put it into her notebook that she carries, like fold up the paper, and she's like, I'll just keep... Do you mind if I keep these? Uh, no, those are, as I've said, they're copies of my much more in-depth ledgers that we keep at the office. And those are yours to keep to give to the prince as he has requested quick out-of-character question. Lauren, is your skull on your desk? No. Okay. No, then forget. You can get that whole bit. 
That skull is kept upstairs. Would, like, start poking around at other books, looking at things of, like, Oh, can I borrow these? Or, ooh, do you need these? You have so much. I only get a room. Um, yes, you may borrow that copy of Shakespeare. Um, Rosamond, darling, this business, now that it's concluded, I'd like to talk to you about something else. All right. She puts down the Shakespeare <laughs> and, like... She's still, she likes to stand and move and be a little more free, so the chair you've offered is kind of remaining, like she's standing next to it, but her, she's not sitting. Right. Now, dear, as much as we may not agree on certain things, we do have a common ally and a common purpose, wouldn't you agree? In the Bartholomew case? In our allegiance to Kiernan Fraser. Yes, that is where we are aligned. Correct. And we've recently discovered a primogen's issues with Kieran. Plans to upset the order of things, if you will. I'm speaking of the Toreador. Simona or Ashenbrenner? Or, oh wait, are you talking about uh, what's-his-name, Elijah? Yes, I speak of Elijah. He is dangerous and needs to be... It is a problem that needs to be solved, and quickly, before it gets out of hand. And quite frankly, Simona, I've been dealing with that. I've been speaking with her. She and I are of the same mind that Elijah is dangerous, that the situation with her being left out of um, his circle, the plan, the destruction of her home, Bastion's betrayal, it's all hit her very hard. And we can ally her with us. I propose tomorrow, um, in the in the beginning of the evening, I have a guest arriving, and... Simona will be shopping. But as the evening concludes, I propose that we bring the prince here and the three of us sit down with him and we tell him all that we know. I have a copy of that map that details the locations of the Toreador uh, havens. The map with the weird symbols all over it. I have a copy I... The chemical and lunar symbols, you mean? Yes, that one. I, I had um, I had a copy made. And so we can present that. Well, Ashenbrenner has the other original. What do you think he intends to do with it? Quite frankly, I don't give a fuck what Ashenbrenner intends to do. Oh my. Let, let me rephrase. He, he concerns me greatly... But I don't care what he does with it, because what we're going to do is set him on a little errand. I don't trust him. I think he's a brute, and he needs to be kept busy, because he's angry, he's volatile, he's a complete, you know, loose variable in this disgusting, chaotic equation. And, quite frankly, 
he has disdain for politics, and has no place getting involved in the mo at the moment. I'd like him kept busy. So, my thought on that. He wants to kill Tevi Brankowitz? Tomorrow evening? Let him do it. Let him loose. Let him go play. Well, if that is the case... We all want Tevi dead. He's personally looking into where you live. That threatens the... That, that endangers your entire clan. I don't like it, but I'd rather keep... Here's my thinking, and... Honestly, it may sound a little strange, but why is he looking into me personally? Like, assuming I live separately from the Chantry. He's not asking for they. He's not asking for Tremere. He was asking for me. If Ashenbrenner were to get his hands on him, I wouldn't want him dead. I'd want to find out why, because somebody could easily take his place or take up his crusade in fashion against me. So, sending him after him while I don't care about that old crone, but I'm concerned that his inner circle, so to speak, of Magi might just take up arms anyway and continue his work elsewhere. So sending him on that errand might be a little a risk. I think it's a pretty darn valid one against just killing him offhand, but... He's made it perfectly clear he doesn't want anything politics. Why not inspire him? Why not give him something? Inspire him to what? Inspire him to do what he does best and what he wants to do more than anything. You have... Do you have a real estate in the city? Look at me. Yes. I'm checking because offer him one of your unused apartments, somewhere secluded, quiet away from the action, and I can possibly provide a means to get him back to his art. So he can start working on that project he You promised. want her to become his patron? <laughs> not It's patreon.com slash Ashenbrenner. Hey, I've given Simona a home. Why don't, I give you, why don't I give you a place where you can work for a rent? A decent rent. That's a patron. Yeah, okay. Art, I, she wants okay. you to become a patron of the arts. Yeah, that's fine. So you're saying, in the midst of all this chaos, offer him a means, a space to create. Do you think that will provide sufficient distraction? Not just a place. I mean, give him something to work on. I can provide what he can work on. Oh. You give him that's the frightening. space. Uh, Tremere deal in components, and I feel like I can get Horatio to talk to some of his doctor friends about gathering some things, along with perhaps a willing subject, because there are some pretty messed up people willing. in this world. Yep. There are some pretty messed up people in this world. You would be surprised. No, I, quite frankly, I don't believe anyone would be willing to engage in one of his artistic experiments. The people I keep downstairs are well fed. They they go I'm not to the theater. About them. They have beautiful lives. No, not, I didn't I'm say you I were. Provide that. I'm not opposed to this idea. It would endear him to me. I will say I don't 
it would be difficult, I feel, to get him to uphold the status quo, to side with order. He shows such disdain for his clan and what they stand for, and yet I I don't trust him. He's given me no reason to yet. I can't tell you a single thing about him, but it does eliminate the mage problem, the risk. You're right. Hadn't thought about that. Hadn't considered it. Hadn't cared. Because you do not care for mages. And that is no. an opinion I personally do not agree with, but it is yours. Okay, so the business part, this is kind of coming. You have things to think about now, uh, yeah. Evelyn. Did you also want to talk to her about the meeting with... Now, you had scheduled... You, you said that your guest was coming tomorrow night, but you didn't tell everyone to meet late for the meeting to have Kiernan over. Is that still part of your plan? Or are you going to do that? I'm going to send him a message. Like, if Rosamond's amenable to meeting l- late tomorrow evening with the prince, me, Simona, if she's amenable to that, I was going to send a note. While we get that done, and then we'll go back over to the boys real quick. Fantastic. Um, Rosamond, we, we good? We're going to move... I actually l- love the idea about giving Ashenbrenner a space. It's an idea because work on. Evelyn's motivations of finding out what Tevi's wants with her is also personal, and she might want to just give a little shout out to Mr. Tevi. But <laughs> that is that is a thing. Oh, for she date. wants him for herself. I did not say that. I said she wants to give a shout out and be like, "Yo." What do you want with my house? None of your business, boy. Ah, selfish. But anyway. I'm doing this for the greater good. Let us move on. Excellent. That's fine. So the answer is that everyone will meet tomorrow. Uh, You'll you'll send a message out to Kiernan to join you at your establishment around 1 a.m. Perfect. Okay. In, In hindsight, would you have also included the boys? No. Moving on forward. So, gentlemen, you are you are now in the cart. You are riding along. Everything's going fine. You're heading for Whitechapel. And Ash, um, Dr. Jackal, give me a perception and alertness roll, please. Perception and alertness. Okay. All right, so two passes and one critical fail. You hear the, the coachman swear. Fuck! Ah, this is what... Hate horses! Hate them! And you're like, hmm? <laughs> and you kind of look over at Ashenbrenner for a moment. And it's it's odd. You've never heard a coachman in your in your life, you know, not only, uh, you know, utter such profanity, but to do so, it's so loud over the clopping of horses down cobblestone streets of London. Does this uh, does this sound familiar? This voice vaguely, but you can't place it. The uh, your senses didn't quite pick up. It's just oh, this is frustrating. You okay. hear that now, and you're like, "That sounds familiar." Ashenbrenner, I I think I might know our coach driver. His voice sounds vaguely familiar to me. Uh, did, did you happen to notice him as we were getting in? Did I? Was he uh, was he uh, undead? No, he was, well, you would have walked out. He, I probably unless you were hearing it. it. 
Well, a heart, you have to focus on heartbeats. Like you just can't, you don't walk past someone and not recognize because there's so many people with heartbeats and the horse's hearts were beating and things like that. Okay. What you, what you did notice was the man was dressed appropriately, but his, his shawl, you know, his, his cloak was up, you know, he had the half cloak with this, with the full suit and the hat, uh, you know, the small, I don't want to say stovepipe cause it was a much smaller, it was a top hat. Sure. Um, can I but listen he was for a heartbeat now? Like focus on the sure, drive. Yeah. If you lean your head out, if you lean your head out through the, the you know, lower the window and lean your head out, trying to hear a heartbeat, go ahead and give me as the same thing. Give me perception and, uh, alertness. Okay. Wow. Wow. I wish I could show you this. Two, one, two, one, three, one. I literally just shit myself. <laughs> the door, the door crashes open. You're leaning on it and the doctor grabs you and pulls you back to safety. <laughs> you didn't hear anything. You, 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 you saw the road coming up to meet, greet your face with a soft kiss, but you were, uh, you were able to pull yourself and and write yourself back into the uh, the carriage. Doctor, you're shocked. You're thinking he might have done it on purpose. You're not sure why he would have done something like that. No, Ashenbrenner, <laughs> we're going somewhere to have fun. Jumping out of the carriage is not fun. Uh, so I, I'm going to uh, just, like, pound on the side of the, the carriage, like how you would normally do to signal the driver to stop. Right. So you yeah you you have a walking stick you bang on the ceiling whatever it is you you make the the standard noise of a gentleman trying to get the attention of his cabbie and yes. the cab keeps the cab keeps driving. Oh my! Uh, this gentleman says he doesn't like horses and he doesn't understand etiquette either. Either we are about to have a very good time or a very bad time. Let me try something a little less subtle. Um, I'm gonna try and. Uh... How how thin is the wall between where the driver is and where we are? Well, his ass is sitting at the very top of the peak <laughs> on the pass, you know, on the uh, the side you're sitting on. So you're facing Doctor Jackal. He's to the rear, watching the streets approach him. You're seeing the streets go away from you because you're you're facing it like in a train car. Okay. So you're in a coach. Yeah. So above your head is where the uh, the gentleman is sitting. Okay. I'd like to try and punch him in the asshole. You want to punch through the the wood and hit him? Yes. Not so much to like dislodge him, but just to kind of be like you know. Hey, pay attention to us. You're going to fire up that mighty strength of yours. What are you, before you roll, are you burning blood to do this? Um, I, I guess maybe I'd kind of like to feel it out first. I don't want to if I don't have to, because I know we're about to get up to an evening of A vampire really needs to do it before the roll. We've, we've done it where you don't because it's you were new to the game. But really, at this point, when you're doing a blood pool management, yeah. you're supposed to tell me, yeah, I strengthen up and then I swing. Yeah, you know, if I'm trying to punch through uh, a piece of wood, then then yeah, I will. Uh, I'll put, um, let me see, I'm full right now. You're going to need two successes. Okay, so I'll, you know what, let me just, let me just put two blood into it and be done. Okay, no yeah. problem. So go ahead and give me a roll. That should be what, strength four then? Uh, that is. Two and two? Strength four, yes. Yep. So give me uh, two successes out of that. Okay, let's try not. Doctor, you see Ash and Brenner pull back. Oh, so <laughs> we're going to be having a good time then. <laughs> and the launch. Okay, I'm gonna smile. I'm gonna I'm gonna wink at the doctor and then uh, and then punch directly where this guy's butt would be. Right. That's what I'm talking about. We have two successes and one critical success. Oh shit! Okay, <laughs> which he almost does when you hit him. You hear this <laughs> this squeal, and he's like. Fucking control yourself! What's wrong with you? At this point, do I recognize this as being Kush, which is my yeah. Best? 
Okay. Yeah. Oh no no, Ashenbrenner, Ashenbrenner, it's 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 okay. Kush, what are you doing? Nobody told me you got a second job. <laughs> uh, I'm taking you to see Metsy. Oh, excellent, Ashenbrenner. I think our evening plans may be put on hold. Uh, this is somewhat uh, more important, you see. Miss Mitzi is going to have an audience with us and maybe lend a fresh set of eyes on our various dilemmas. I he he sticks his no he sticks his head into the hole for a second and he's like, I was to fetch you, and then Ashenbrenner, but uh, you came out of the pig's house at the same time, so. I bought you in together. It was a. I just drove the carriage up like I was told to. Yes, well, very efficient of you, uh, Kush. Next time, though, maybe lead with where you're taking us so you don't get punched in the rectum. Seconded. It was a surprise. And you are so good at those. No, I meant his fist. It was a surprise. Oh, I didn't yes. expect him to punch through the, the this beautiful coach. I'm going to waggle my eyebrows French at Kush. Farts. For heaven's sake, like, what the heck? It's not a I, French farce. He punched the poor dude. I was thinking more like um, the old anime ultimate move. <laughs> oh, there you go. Hamekameha. So, oh, um, not where I was going, but okay. <laughs> Ashenbrenner double hands back. In that so, case, I'll, I'll sit back and, you know, kind of, you know, uh, resettle myself. And uh, my good man, there is nothing we could get up to that would scantily rival that of what Miss Mitzi has in store for us, I'm sure. Lead on, good man. Sorry for the uh, butt punch. It's all right. It's just it's the second time this evening. So he dr- drives He drives on. It takes about another hour <clears throat> from Evelyn's uh, brownstone in the nicer part of the city to reach the area where you are to meet with Miss Mitzi. It is an an old cemetery, much older than um, Brondon Cemetery, where you met with the prince. Um, there are just cracked and you know discarded tombstones going back as the, as far as the fifteen and fourteen hundreds. There's it's it's got hillocks. Doesn't have many mausoleums. It's got mostly you know stones and things of that nature. But he pulls up alongside of it. And he reins the horses in. It skids to a stop because this street is this part. Like you're almost in like like um a hamlet mm-hmm. that hasn't fully ex- expanded yet, but you're far away from the districts of the of the mercantile district and the industrial district. This is like uh, the roads actually became like not not even paved at this point. They're just dirt. And he pulls up and stops, and he's like, "If you would just make your way to the lights at the center, she will see you there." Yes, thank you, Kush, quite, and I, I would recommend finding a nice truck and sitting inside of it for a little while, as Ashenbrenner did put some gusto in that particular throw of the fist. Believe it or not, I'm supposed to bring you back. Sounds like a boring evening, if you ask me. It would have been much more better if she said you can go, Kush. Well, maybe when we're done, Kush, you can join us in our evening's activities. We did have a bit of a frolic in mind, uh, I'll leave that as a more pleasant surprise than the one Ashenbrenner gave you. <laughs> Again, tease. <laughs> so this is that's the second time he's referred to you as that doctor. 
you make your way out of of the coach, I'm assuming, and together you'll walk into the or Ashenbrenner, are you trying to do like a serpentine thing and go around? Uh you were both invited. He made that clear. So it's up to you how you want to approach this. Um I'm fine going in uh the front. I I would maybe just do kind of like a perception just to see if anybody else is hanging around. Like go that. ahead and give me uh you have what is your uh standard in Osmix? Two. Two in Osmix. Okay, so if you're using if you're using your natural disciplines to do this, you're going to automatically you're, you'll throw two successes up front. But that would you know that's uh, that's a trait that goes on. It's a blood point. If you choose not to use and just use your perception and alertness, you can go that route as well. Um, I'll try perception and alertness because okay, because you have a lot I'm, of dice. Yeah, I also trust her implicitly because it's like if a Malkavian wants to kill you, you know she's going to fire a, a, a cow full of I don't know. Yeah, like a Molotov cocktail packed cow at you. Yes, she's not going to you know sneak around and be like, "Ha ha, an assassin." No, no, absolutely not. And Horatio is just going to walk in. He half expects to leave the evening covered in pig's blood or something, but nothing <laughs> right. too terrible is going to happen. Okay, <laughs> didn't bring my leathers. Oh yes, he most certainly did. He's just oh, carrying okay. them. Okay, he, he got a spare set when he went to the school the previous day. There you go. That's a bag of failures. All right, yeah, I got nothing. So I guess I'll just go with my trust and and believe that everything is fine. You both make your way into the center, and it's you, there's only one figure that you see standing by a small fire that's been built, um, you know, near us, which actually is a grave that had uh, a full full faceplate on the on the ground. You know, some of them the tomb is covered with. Um, a piece of like stone as opposed to a standing stone. It's a laying stone and she's standing not far from there. And the stone is dislodged. You can actually see that it's opened and she's by the fire, but she's dressed in the outfit of what would be from your best knowledge and things you've seen in art, something like queen Elizabeth hmm. queen. Eliz- yes. From the 1580s and 1570s, the Virgin queen she's wearing, she's white faced. Her hair is curly She's sitting there with the, you know, visage of the monarchy and dressed like one as well. And she's like, gentlemen, so good for you to attend me. I will bow till my, till my forehead hits the ground. Yeah, I will do a much less low bow, but taking the top hat off and doing the big swooping bow. She says, thank you. You're always so gracious to me, both of you. If you'll follow me, please. We have important things to discuss. Things that normally, Ashenbrenner, you would not be allowed to witness because they are part of the Malkavian heart secret. But tonight we feel that we have no other choice but to engage you as one of us. Please, this way. And she begins walking. And there's actually a rickety staircase that descends made of wood. Uh, underneath the, the, the stone, they had made a, uh, it can be lifted out and there is, they dug deep into the ground. Uh, it goes down about 30 or 40 feet levels off, goes, makes a turn, goes down again. So in total, it's about 60 feet deep uh, into this hillock. And she's, you know, very regally, very, you know, natural to her. Like, this is just makes perfect sense. At the foyer part, she stumbles on her robe, kind of catches it, and you hear, oh, fuck me. And then, <clears throat> sorry, gentlemen, I sometimes get caught up in my my, my cloak. It's, uh, it's rather long. But anyway, this way. And she now, makes her way this, down. Is this some place that I would have been before? No, you you have not. As a ghoul, you were made, but you have not seen this particular s- sanctuary or whatever it is. This is 
This is something you've never seen, never experienced. Do I know anything about this cemetery or any of its uh, environs? You uh, no, um, you know of the cemetery, Ashenbrenner. I'm sure you've in your haunts you've come upon it, yeah. but because there was no big mausoleums and uh, you know by the appearance of it, there's nothing that would lead you to be thinking there's underground anything deeper than six feet. Uh, it probably wasn't a workable site for you. Okay. So yeah, they did this in secret. Who knows when? But the stone on top is weathered and worn and it's dated back to the 1400s. Okay, great. So I'm, I'm taking notes and just drinking this in with my eyes. Absolutely. They come to a, a, a large hallway and it, it's large meaning long. I'm sorry, long hallway. It goes for, it goes into the dark, but with your auspics on, cause you've already, fu- Oh no, you didn't fire it, but with your heightened senses, just kind of moving, you can see that it, it descend. It goes quite a bit into the side, in, into the hill. And doctor, you're walking with him and she, all of a sudden comes to a single room and in that room she stops at the doorway and in that room she points and you can see just a there's just a small candle flickering by the doorway itself that just gives you enough illumination the room's maybe 15 by 10 and sitting there in a chair is what appears to be a woman she has long hair she is in the chair. There are cobwebs that go from floor to ceiling, covering her entire body. They branch out. There's. It's not that there are spiders all over her. The dust on the floor is super thick. She's. It's as if this room has not been disturbed for centuries, and yet the the leading up to here, everything. This hallway does not have dust. It does not appear to be like very old. It looks like it's been used recently. If you had to guess, they probably come here every so often, but sitting in the chair with her head slumped over like the ring, the girl, the hair over her face. So you can barely see who it is. She says, she asked to see the two of you. And when she asks Mitzi, of course does her bidding. She says, Ashenbrenner, this is Muse. But of course it is. And I'll, I'll you know, bow deeply to, uh, to the figure as well. My lady, how fare you this evening? Doesn't move, doesn't say anything, just sits there. Um, it, she's in a shift, like something that would have been um, made in the Middle Ages for like a woman at night. And she's just been, she. it is absolutely disconcerting to see that this creature, whatever it is, has not had anything approach or go near it in so, so long. Does she appear alive or does she appear to be like a slumped over corpse? Shh, to you, doctor, she appears to be a slumped over corpse. Ashenbrenner, I don't know who this muse individual is, but um, I assure you this, this poor woman has at the very least, not seen the outside of this room in a fair while. I suspect she's not seen much of anything in a fair while, if you follow my meaning. Um, I'd like actually to use Auspects this time and just double check. Yeah, Am I getting the vibe that this is literally an old corpse that Mitzi is presenting as Muse, or is there some sort of an illusion going on? Go ahead and make me... Uh, so use your same role, Perception and Alertness. Okay. But this time you don't. You can roll two less dice because you automatically have two successes. Okay, thank goodness. Last one. Now the, your your bad rolls could counteract that. Sure, <laughs> but, but for right now you start with two. All right, I got five successes, no fails. 
Oh, that's including your your free two. Yeah, I got I got a six, a nine, a six, and a four. Yeah. Perfect. The, the size appears right. Um, the width, the shoulders, the build, and from what you can tell under the shift, appears correct. You just can't see her face well. Mitzi's just standing there. She says, "If you open your heart and your mind, gentlemen, she will speak with you." I mean, she had you brought here after all. Not many get to stand before her. Uh, well, um, at that, Horatio will step into the room, kind of sidestepping in case anything drops from the doorway. Because um, she happening. grabs your arms, Doctor. She says, "You mustn't approach. That would be rude. None of us may approach her holiness." You wait here, Doctor. Please, she will speak. Then, in that case, instead, he will. I, I do apologize, Miss Mitzi. I'm still learning some of the finer etiquettes of this uh, family of yours. Uh, he will take his top hat off again and bow deeply and say, uh, "Miss Muse, a pleasure to meet you." So it takes a moment, and you hear it. it it's almost as if there's an echo. And both of you hear something different. Doctor, you hear one one of our future you brought before Mimi tonight. It is a good thing you, you have come to me, Doctor. London is in terrible danger. danger. You, Ashenbrenner, hear so much fun the other night <laughs> to sit there with Baldestrad to play with him like that. I haven't done that in so long, long. It is good to see you again, Nash and Brennan. Going to just kind of, you know, nod, smile. So I'm hearing this voice in my head. Yes. I'm not even sure what I would roll to see how I can process that. No, you don't have to roll and tell me. Um, yeah, <laughs> how no, would I'm you just, process like, that? I don't, I don't know. Uh, he, I think he would kind of look around like left and right and Miss Mitzi, are you playing me for the fool again? How do you mean, Doctor? Well, I, I, I didn't see your lips move, but I heard a voice. You heard the voice of Morghese, sister of the great Lafay, who carried a name similar from her mother, Igraine. You hear the voice of the oldest kindred here in London. She does not need to speak to you. To speak to you, Doctor. Hmm. And you said the name was Morgain? Morgaze. So her Morgaze. Morgaze, okay. She was Morgan LeFay's sister. Oh snap. Uh where Ms. Morgaze, um how do you mean London is in terrible danger? I know there's this missing uh, Bartholomew chap, and I know that this Rabbi Tevi is involved in some way, and I suspect uh, more is afoot than I have been made aware of, but I do not have many of the details. What can I do to assist this fair city of my birth? Ashenbrenner, you hear all this, and that's not the message you heard. You, I'm sure that's probably a little bit disconcerting yes it's a bit but i also kind of feel like you know keeping stum is probably the the best until i'm until i'm addressed this like the vibes in here are heavy oh yeah That's how i would oh, yeah. yeah so i feel like you know th this isn't something that should you know this 
quips are a little going to be a little hard coming at this point. So I'm, I'm just kind of, kind of keeping track and, and keeping notes. So I think this has to be like the most, um, heavy situation Horatio's found himself in as well. Like he's used to like, okay, his yeah. girlfriend's family likes to play pranks on him and <laughs> right. You know, Kush is kind of weird. Mitzi's eccentric. This is the first time it's ever been really thrown in his face that this is like, this is some messed up shit. Yeah. So right. if, I, if I can pick up on any of the distress that the doctor is feeling, I'll just kind of lean in real quick. Doctor, you know, Ms. Agnes um, and Ms. Mincy can be um, jokers from time to time, yes? Yes, yes. That's one of the things I find most endearing. As do I. As do I. Why don't we pretend, for the sake of this evening, that that this lady muse in front of us is simply an expert at ventriloquism? Hmm. Yes. Well, I suppose uh, that's one possible explanation, but let's go with that explanation for now. Still, the the message that I received is still quite troubling, and I I would like an answer to it. Uh, as all all jokings aside, the family usually does uh, play me straight, as they say in uh, the lower quarters. Very good point. If you would continue, my lady, I'll kind of gesture towards Muse and lower my gaze again. She says, now, doctor, this one you don't hear. Even though we fed Hashenbrenner, the eons of time weaken me. To be in this form after sharing such joy with you, I find myself frail. If you could but give me a small sample, a, t- a morsel of taste, of the beating heart that stands next to you. Don't hurt him. Just a taste. I will be able to tell you all that I know. Okay. I'm going to turn to the doctor. Um, <clears throat> Let's see. Is there some way... That you can stab him real quick and go, sorry? I mean... <laughs> That's the thing is, I I enjoy our relationship, and I don't want to make this weird. Okay, hang on. Okay, Doctor, you have uh, from time to time um, donated blood for the case of studying and 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 um, furthering your knowledge. Yes, yes, of course. Might I borrow some blood? Well, I don't see why uh, not. What's what's a pint of blood or two amongst friends? Just one moment, and he'll start rummaging through his bag. Is, is this uh, is this for the family or your own personal artistic endeavors? Oh, this is this is strictly business. So again, I I must ask: Is this for your own personal business, or is this uh, having to do with the familial business that we currently find ourselves in? Familial business. I'll and I'll look at Mitzi and sort of raise my my eyebrows for for confirmation for um to sort of soothe him just in case. Is Mitzi still? Oh yeah, Mitzi says I could compel him, of course, Ashenbrenner, but it ruins the taste for her. She doesn't um, like it like that. 
uh, upon upon hearing that this is in fact family, you know, for the family, the syringe and like the alcohol swab that he was preparing just gets thrown on the ground. He takes his scalpel out and just like cuts the palm of his hand. Let's be safe, and I'll, I'll pick up the vial and and get some from there because I, I I don't I don't know how restrained, you know. Better safe than sorry. Understood. So if you'll if you'll allow me, Doctor, and I'll sort of steer some into the uh, the vial. Yes, any anything for uh, Ms. Agnes's family. They need only ask. All right, so you get a blood point or two, Ashenbrenner. It's just enough to fuel the 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 visions that Morgaze is trying to conjure for you. You get that into into a you know some sort of a smaller receptacle or. You know, enough for, like I said, a blood point or two. And what do you do with it? Do you attempt to enter the room or do you hand it to Mitzi slash, you know, Elizabeth Regina? Um, I'll, you know, kind of uh, ask Mitzi. Again, a lot of face work going on here. I'll kind of, with my face and eyes, may I deliver this? It's rather unregular, but my lady, do you wish me to bring it forth or you don't hear anything she is? Oh, very well. She trusts you enough, Ashenbrenner. Please, if you wouldn't mind, just be gentle. She's very old. Of course. Um, you know, my lady, you humble me. And then I'll sort of, you know, go in very carefully looking for some sort of mouth-ishness. So you walk across. Um, you do see spiders sort of scatter. A few rats move. There are, as you get close, there are marks on her skin where she has been clawed at or bitten by a rat, and it it just didn't enjoy the taste and moved on. But occasionally they get hungry enough where they come after her for a moment or two. When you pull, when you part the hair, the long hair that's stringed over her face, you do take a moment to step back. It It is Muse. It is the same face that she wore for you. The last time when you went to Baldestrade and she played the role of Lilith. Mm -hmm. So this is her. She is in a state that you've never seen another vampire in. She's that crippled and old. But you're able to put the vial to her lips and get most of the blood into her mouth. And you you don't even see a swallow action. It's just you see some color return to her lips for just a brief moment. And then they go dark again. Okay, I'll I'll sort of step back, sort of expectantly. I guess I'll think really loud. And how was that? Everything I ever needed. She, the two of you now together are overcome by a voice. The speaking at the same time, you know, because you both almost move, your heads kind of move just gently as the words are ringing in your ears. I will send you a copy of this, players, but this is what she says. I will I will copy it and drop it into our chat channel in a moment, <clears throat> but I wanted you to take it in as she says it. Okay. So Mitzi stands very rigid. She kind of shudders for a moment. Both of you do. So it sounds like she's projecting this to the people in the room, the three of you. Too many dreams come to me of warlords fighting and of children from across the sea. I feel the fangs, long and dire, descending upon London to test the fire. 
old and young, weave through the mist, and the surgeon before me fears her eternal kiss. But to awaken our kings and queens amid so many voices would drive them to choose deeds dark or to choose dark choices. So let us quiet their screams and smother their cries, and together we will rain crimson hell from the skies. Now let the hand that holds the rose bleed, and from the cracked mirrored glass we shall forever feed. And she stops. That was the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. Don't understand entirely what it might pretend, but that was, was beautiful. So, like Horatio is in actual like absolute awe right now. Kind of makes sense. He's standing before an ancient. Yeah, I've got like a bag of hamsters in my head right now. Hmm. Eternal kiss. That is probably. Surgeon and fearing an eternal kiss. The mistress death is said to give out the kiss eternal, but uh, what sane man would not be afraid of dying? As for the rest of it, I do not understand. I, I, Ms. Mitzi or Ms. Morgrave, you had mentioned that the city was in trouble. Is this prophecy or poem or what have you does this pretend to that a prince of darkness arrives by boat tomorrow night bringing with him the potential to subjugate all my children so somebody is going to be coming into the city tomorrow and that person or people are the danger that you spoke of, obviously. The Uh, danger is already here. The seeds have been planted. But should this one, should this one gain audience with either peace on the board, death will follow. Death will follow. Hmm. My lady Morgaze, is there anything we can do to avoid this? Anything we, the doctor and I, can do to help? I feel at the moment my credibility is a bit threadbare. Ashenbrenner, sweet Ashenbrenner, you must choose to kill. It's not going to be everything that you wanted my love but it will be everything that we need i'm genuinely taken aback gobsmacked she hasn't moved her head's lolled she's she hasn't made a noise mitzi's like well which one is it Morgase, you have given us commands to play both sides we have spied and done things and been rather petulant towards Elijah in the same process. Half of my... Half of yours, my lady. Children wander the streets 
praising one and downtrodding the other. I'm not sure what you wish of us. Now, what is it that you wish? Kill him. Now, does Elijah's um, clan use roses as their symbology? That's our symbol, yeah. And the broken mirror is the Malkavian symbology. Okay. Yeah. So... Rife with symbolism. Yes, and I'm assuming I would have seen some sort of rose motif when I was at Elijah's residence. Oh, Jesus. Lapels, pants, yeah. uh, bodices, <laughs> uh, vases, <laughs> the so, fountain he fucked up. That was a whole beautiful, yeah, everything. <laughs> so, Ashenbrenner, this may be a little bit awkward, but that last part about the hand that holds the rose bleeding... I, I believe we must turn on your on your leader, on your primogen. That is what is being asked of us. Doctor, I will be completely honest with you. If he were less of a piss flap, I would feel that this would be more of a difficult decision. So we are of the same mind then. Milady, would you like some fresh baby blood she makes no move at this point you're not sure if she's gone catatonic she she doesn't reply she sits there kind of dormant again okay so out of the game baby blood is like the best blood right vampire werewolf oh okay a, a vampire of of an el, an, old, well, an older generation will snap her right the hell out of it, possibly. But some there's going to you're going to be hard pressed to find a generation older than her until the elders arrive from across the continent. Yeah. Um. Right now in London, you probably have no. I mean, even your blood would be tasty, but it's not going to be. I, but you're not even sure. Like you, Ashmore, those are really good thoughts, right? Uh, especially Paul, the player. That's like how to wake her up or, or jostle her, you know, into action. Yeah. There's been, you've never seen someone who can project speak like this in the state she appears to be in. Um, did you see Underworld? Like Victor, that emaciated look of just, and then all of a sudden they pump the blood on him and an hour later he's standing up screaming at everybody. She's, she's in that state of, I haven't fed or properly normally fed in eons ages have passed you know not eons but ages so she's yeah she's in a state of something different like she's a vampire beyond <laughs> i want to hunt a werewolf <laughs> <laughs> well, <there you> go. <laughs> oh man that's we can we can go to wales later ashenbrenner <laughs> we have more pressing issues now <laughs> oh man yeah <clears throat> so there's this um there are rules that must be adhered to, even when doing something most foul. However, I do believe circumstances may be in our favor, Ashenbrenner. Please elucidate, Doctor. Fraser, the prince, he is already displeased with Elijah. Hmm. If we can secure Miss Simona by, uh, you know, perhaps having her come with us as we approach uh, Prince Fraser, whatever wrath he may feel towards Elijah's clan, you should hopefully be spared of since you are the one coming to him. This would also keep us above the board and 
hopefully free of any reprisals from the removal of Elijah. I must say, Doctor, when it was between the Prince and Elijah, I merely sided with Elijah because the Prince is uh, is a child having a tantrum. Yes. It's, as I understand it, he has been quite unfair to you and your clan, but it is still it seems like uh, if we are going to avert catastrophe for the entire city, the the greater needs must. You make a good point, Doctor. So a lot of a lot of the rest of this poem or prophecy or whatever. Um, as a player, I've got ideas, but as Horatio, he's going to latch onto the couple of things that he can identify with and right. process. Okay. Mitzi turns to you and she says, it's time for us to go. She's, she has tired herself greatly and who knows when she will be able to have the strength to speak again. If you'll follow me, please. Gentlemen. So she makes her way up the stairs. Before she goes, I would, uh, I'm going to approach her again and, and just sort of lean down and uh, see if I can somehow, you know, very gently kiss her hand without it turning to dust or something horrifically. Do, do you move her hand or just bend to kiss it? I'll, I'll bend to kiss it. I feel like it, it's kind of like, uh, you know, we're, we're, in, we're in a Gina Davis Beetlejuice situation and I don't want to do that. Yeah, um, it has a little bit more firm, firmity to it than you were anticipating. But yes, moving her would be to disturb the spider webs and the creepy crawlies and all the other things that are that, that you've you know witnessed pushing and moving around and somehow finding places to burrow. Um, she's not Nosferatu; she's beautiful, but she's just decrepit. Yeah, and you get kiss her hand, and then you can walk away with no problem. But she it, again rouses no response. Sure. So Mitzi gets to the top of the uh, the stairs. Kush is there and. He's like, did she speak? Did the holy lady speak? I'm I'm just going to completely ignore that Kush asked me a question. Wow. Um, He's no, already a no, class citizen? Jesus, I'm doctor. A, uh, <laughs> Horatio has a very warm and cold relationship with Kush. I, I understand. Um, Kush's fault. Like, this is not your fault, doc. But um, Horatio is going to turn to Ms. Mitzi. Ms. Mitzi, you... you um, have the same information that we do. And I have always valued your advice and guidance in, in matters of dealing with the family. Are we wise to go to Kiernan? And was that something would be better for you to facilitate? Or is there another avenue that we should pursue so as not to overtly get the rest of the family involved in this business? Close it, Kush. Close it over for the gentleman and I. So he starts to push the slab and he closes it. She looks and says, I'll be honest with you, Doctor. It's been quite some time since Morghese has been seen in London. She tends to keep most counsel to herself and only pass on the simplest instructions to me on how to do things. It was actually her voice that drove your poor Agnes out of London. She couldn't take it. The, the the connection between the two of them, for some reason, was very strong. And whenever she would send her a dream or some sort of conversation, even the smallest bits, simple words, it would drive poor Agnes into sociopathic rage and do terrible things. 
I have a hard time imagining such a thing. Well, that's good for now. The fact that she has awoken can only mean that either A, she truly believes that we are in danger as a clan, she would want to protect us, I'm, I hope, I, I would think. But let us not forget that her visions are brought upon by the same gifts that your dear sweet Agnes and I and Cush all possess, and that is the gift, the gift of, the gift of madness, Doctor. And sometimes madness just wants what it needs. It's consuming. I hope she speaks true. I have never known her to lie on something so important. But it has only been for the last 90 years or so that I have heard her calling since Agnes left. Hmm. Yes, well, it's... I do hope that she is being on the level with us. I have no reason to suspect otherwise. And if you say that her past dealings have always been true, then I, su I, I will take her word, if it is what you say, over most any others. I will leave you with this, gentlemen. The last time an elder near her age woke, there was much bloodshed. There was much killing, and sometimes it was merely because blood is all they know anymore. If you do this, you set London on a course, and I believe that course may be just. But you have to understand, as much as you may care for her in your own way, Ashenbrenner, and you, Doctor, wish to do what the family suggests, she is still more gaze. And with that, she turns and starts to walk away. Yes, well, uh, I'll I'll turn to Kush at this point. Well, Kush, this has been a most interesting evening's, uh, not not exactly what I had planned when we first set out, but uh, eventful nonetheless. Um, Ashenbrenner, is there anywhere in particular you wish to go? I suddenly don't feel the mighty need for revelries anymore. I see what you mean, Doctor. Hmm. We should also, uh, wherever we do end up going, we should probably spend at least a part of that discussing how we are going to move forward with this uh, new revelation. Hmm. And with that, we'll leave it there. So we'll end episode 13. Um, I want to thank my players. This has been interesting. I'm, I, I loved the interplay with the two of you with... Um, Borghese, the girls were all over the uh, messenger chat screaming to run, which was funny. Uh, <laughs> but we will pick up next time. So stay with us. There's a lot more to come, but we're going to take our break for tonight and we'll talk to you next time. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to Hellfire Nights. You can like, share, and subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts. To help support our network of real play adventure shows, please visit us at patreon.com forward slash the Bardic College. And for as little as $3 a month, you can get access to behind the scenes reels, interviews with players and storytellers, and exclusive adventures featuring your favorite characters from our shows.